0: If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Doc Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do.
1: And I was like, wait a minute, there used to be a boo-scare maze and theme parks, and then it branched off into an entire world. And I was like, you know what, I really want to capture this.
0: And filmmaker John Schnitzer does capture that world to the point of getting rave reviews. In his highly acclaimed documentary, Haunters, The Art of the Scare, John explores the stories of three haunt professionals and the ways they use their creativity to scare the daylights out of people. John, who's the producer and director of Haunters, The Art of the Scare, is the co-owner of Los Angeles-based immersive entertainment company, The Brain Factory. Among his previous projects, the 2017 virtual reality simulation, The Flatline Experience, which takes viewers through a near-death experience. And while his documentary, Haunter's The Art of the Scare, is highly acclaimed and appearing on Netflix for the first Halloween season since its release, John says there's even more to the stories than he was able to show in 90 minutes. We talked on site during Scare LA Los Angeles original Halloween convention. John, how did you first get interested in Halloween, haunts, and near-death experiences as a subject of your cinema work?
1: Oh my god. I was born in October, so I've always been about Halloween. I love Halloween, I love scary things, and every year for my birthday, it was, how many haunted houses can we go to for my birthday? And if you're a friend of mine and you don't like haunts, you just had to come along and it's it was so wild to see friends of mine especially when I was as I was getting older I was noticing wow I have friends of mine that are adults that are crying going through these mazes and freaking out and I I was so fascinated in all the range of emotions and reactions and then I started noticing haunts expanding and getting like oh it's this is immersive theater now oh these are extreme haunts now oh now we have this And I was like, wait a minute, there used to be a boo-scare maze and theme parks. And then it branched off into an entire world. And I was like, you know what? I really want to capture this. I want to tell these stories. And as I kept filming and I kept noticing more and more extreme ones, I was like, okay, I want to tell the story of how haunted houses for Halloween spawned a subculture of full-contact terror simulations. And Haunters was an evolution the first cut I had of Haunters was like 13 haunts. It could have been called Hauntapalooza or Haunt Porn. It was so haunty. It was like more haunts than you could handle. And if you liked haunts, it was the greatest. If you didn't, it wasn't. And I wanted to tell a story that could intrigue you, could make you laugh, could get you emotional and inspired, shock the hell out of you, and pick a fight with you. Because when people would watch this version of Haunters, the final version, that never were into haunts before they started feeling like the movie was arguing with them and they were saying wait a minute some of them would be like that McKimmy Manor guy has gone too far I love what Donald is doing I love what Char is doing I like what Universal is doing or it would be the exact opposite of nothing scares me I want someone to do the craziest thing in the world to me it's been such an interesting exploration and there's nothing more fascinating than our society's relationship with fear As far as Flatline goes with near-death experiences, 17 years ago, I met somebody that had a near-death experience, and all I kept thinking was, I would love to film this story, but if I were just to film the story, you'd watch it like this, like, yeah, right, because you have a layer to separate you. I thought, okay, when virtual reality becomes ready, I'd like to tell this story in virtual reality so you can see it from their perspective, and you can feel what it's like to have a near-death experience. And that's how we created Flatline Experience, which I'm so proud of. We've done a lot of great things, like the first real big Halloween project I ever did, professionally, was when Tim Burton hired me to do, I produced 3D ghost illusions for President Obama's first Halloween party at the White House.
0: Please take me back in your imagination that, I promised myself I wasn't gonna ask you, but I'm breaking that promise. What's it like to do that? It was amazing it
1: was amazing like if you go to thebrainfactory.com
0: thebrainfactory.com
1: you'll even see we're finally allowed to show pictures of what happened at the white house in halloween and it's incredible it was just like tim burton is exactly what you want him to be tim burton's an amazing human being he is tim burton and he's so compassionate so nice so caring and so creative. He's like a character in one of his movies. And, you know, I just, it was a real honor to work with him and to get to know him. And then he teamed me up to talk with Colleen Atwood, the Oscar-winning costume designer of all his movies, but she also did memoirs from a and she also did like just on and on and on her list of achievements. I think she's won like seven Oscars. She's amazing. And I got to talk with them and work with them and and spend two days at the White House, when President Obama was at the White House. That was such a thrill, and that Halloween party was just all the creative people creating the most incredible things. It was really incredible. It was a lot of people that were um, the families of active duty serving military, and President Obama wanted to celebrate and honor them and have their kids go there and have an incredible experience and the kids would go up to the White House and President Obama was there with Michelle handing out White House cookies covered in orange frosting with little Halloween messages on them and
0: it was an amazing experience. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Wow. What's one story about working with Tim Burton do you really love to share the most? You know,
1: He's just an incredible human being. I mean, I, I met him the first time because I made an intro to TV project in college, and I sent it to him, and I thought, he's going to love this. And everyone's like, what are you thinking? It was called The Rubber Chicken Society Show. It was completely crazy. I thought, he might think it's funny, and the middle part was in 3D, and you had to put on 3D glasses, and all this crazy, fun stuff happened. And I was lucky enough to get it to Derek Frey, who's his, that's his associate producer, he was like oh we loved it if you're ever in London look us up I'm like I'm never gonna be in London I get married years later my wife goes where would you like to honeymoon I say I hear London's nice (laughs) and I sent the email they still had my contact info they said come on over I go there and it was just so much fun to meet Tim Burton and uh, he still had my intro to TV project and He's asked me questions about the 3D, I'm asking questions about everything else. He showed me the cookie stomping machine from Edward Scissorhands, and I was freaking, I had a 3D camera rig with me and I took 3D pictures of all of it. And he starts sharing stories, and he's just, he's a fan, he's a creator, and one thing he does that's so interesting is he makes a lot of movies because he works with so many people and he likes to keep working with them. It's like he's keeping his family together. Look at the credits. You see the same names over and over and over again because he likes this to work with a family. I mean, it really is like every person I've talked with that's met him and has worked with him has the same story. It's like being in a, a real loving, caring family. And it's just hearing the stories you hear about these days, you're never gonna hear anything like that from Tim Burton because Tim Burton, I think he takes it very seriously that he's responsible for creating these imaginative experiences for kids like me that then grew up with it, you know? And I think he's very, he's just such a, it's such a great thing to have someone that has such a great heart and that loves people so much that, you know, he's giving us this thrills and the scary and the sad in an innocent and interesting perspective. You know, I'm one of his biggest fans. He was Big Adventure and Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, and Beetlejuice. Oh, I can watch those on a loop. I saw all those movies in the theater, you know. So it's um, it was a real dream come true, and to be able to hang out with him too. When he had, he threw some parties that I got to go to. I was like don't freak out, no need for Tim Burton to know that this is the craziest thing that's ever happened, just be cool and it was just great he's an amazing person and he's inspiring and he inspires everyone to around him while I was working on projects with him I just kept going I've always wanted to make a feature film it's so difficult to make a feature film and I was like one of these days I'm going to do it and I held on to that inspiration and you know Thank goodness for things like Kickstarter. I reached out to people after I did a year of filming for Haunters and we got it funded, which was the coolest thing ever.
0: What ways did that inspiration, once you got Haunters funded, carry through with you? And what ways did it help you the most as you were actually making Haunters?
1: I'll tell you what, when you work on a project, like a documentary, like Haunters took four years to make. So it was crazy. It was a crazy, wild, emotional experience. And you'd go through the craziest things where you'd be following a haunt for a long time and then they'd go, "Up, oh, we're just not gonna do it this year. I'm like, I have no end to your story. And you, a lot of reconfiguring and figuring things out. And as you're making a movie that takes years to make, things fall apart constantly. Things change constantly. I had to be like, all right, I'm not gonna freak out. And I wanna make this happen. I went into Haunters going, this is this is it. I'm making my first feature film now, and I'm not going to stop no matter what happens. I don't care if this takes 10 years. I will never stop until it gets finished. That was the idea, and a lot of people helped me out because they saw how determined I was. And when they met me and they heard me talk about it, they were like, okay, he's never going to quit. And so I really threw myself into it, and I just didn't stop. I'm lucky I have a lot of supportive people in my life, including my wife. There's a reason there's a haunt widow section in my movie because I kept asking, well, what is your spouse thing? And they go, oh, you mean the haunt widow? And I was like, what? And the more I would talk about the project, the more my wife was even like, enough of the project. I'm like, I get it. I totally get it. Because when you're all in on something, that's all you can think about and talk about. It can drive the people around you crazy. It totally can. But I'm just lucky that we have so many supportive people who really wanted this movie to get made. I had musicians that I reached out to, all my favorite musicians, and they said yes to me. I mean, the soundtrack to *Honors* is crazy. The soundtrack is Dead Man's Bones. That's Ryan Gosling's band. And Zach Shields. Zach Shields, who co-wrote the new Godzilla, co-wrote Krampus, and is co-writing the new Trick or Treat Part 2. The two of them put together this incredible album that I'm a huge fan of. And they gave me two songs for Haunters. Jonathan Snipes, who did the music to Room 237 and The Nightmare, he scored the McKamey Manor music and got me more music from Sub Pop Records. And then Alexander Burke and Neil Baldock, they've worked with David Lynch, Fiona Apple, I mean, the Radiohead, there's a long list. There's are very talented music producers and musicians and they made six songs for the movie, so all the monster music, the hand clappy stuff, Donald's music, that was them. Wow. And it was incredible. And they, I said, you know, for Donald, it'd be great if we had children's toys, because his haunt is all about his childhood. And I show up. There's all these children's toys. I'm like, I thought it'd be great if there's a choir. There's a choir. I'm like, well, you said it. you thought it'd be cool, and. Anyone else would have used, like, heavy metal music to show Donald, because he's looks like the Terminator. But when you hear the kids' toys being played, and you see Donald, the first time it doesn't quite register, because you're just kind of like, well, this is really interesting. The second time, it connects, and you go, oh, wait a minute. This is about his childhood. And this is about how a, a dysfunctional family was brought together with a haunted house. That's the thing with haunters. There's so many layers of the wildest most extreme thing to a haunt widow thing to trying to pull off a haunt in your driveway and what's been great is there have been so many great fan reactions to the movie that Donald was able to put on two haunts here at Scare Lake he's here with two haunts and he there's a drop panel and he, it was him and people like oh it's Donald from Haunters I, I, when Char the legendary scare actor she goes to Whole Foods. The amount of people who have been taking pictures with Char at Whole Foods, it's phenomenal. I just love that, that they're getting love for what they do and that it sparked a conversation about how far is too far. What is the line? Should we have safe words, What do you look for in a scare actor? These are things that weren't really discussed much. And now you can see, especially with regards to haunters, thousands of conversations where people are talking about this. A lot of haunts were showing to me that they were actually showing the movie to their haunt actors and asking them, what part crossed the line and why? What? How do we treat our actors? And they, some of them have hired Char to be a consultant to work with their scare actors. I love that.
0: I do, too. That's great. I admit, your movie made me angry in some places. I bet you know where. And I said, I'm never going close to... I won't say the name, but you know what I'm talking about. I love that you also explored, who are these people when they're not haunting? I love that you explored, what does haunting do to the relationships? What was the hardest part to get as far as getting people to talk to you about these things?
1: The hardest part to get people to talk to me on camera? You know... Doing a documentary like this, you have to develop a relationship with people. And there has to be trust. Like when I was filming McKinney Manor, I was not out to do an expose. I was out to show exactly as as they are. I promised everyone that however you are in real life, that is what I'm capturing. That's what I want in this movie. And that's hard to do. Because there's a lot of times you just go, oh, let's just go with this. It's sensational, it's crazy. But it's not true. It has to go. Because if someone's allowing me into their life, into their home, to film them, I want them to be able to go, for better or for worse, that's exactly who I am. And that's it. I mean, Donald, I'm in the movie for a moment. I met Donald in the sixth grade. We were in a haunted house together. So there's a part of the movie where you see him as a child in an army outfit, I'm the kid wearing the skeleton shirt with the Freddy Claw. That's me. And I knew his family. And it was insane. And I remember thinking, this is... I, I remember going to his house the first time ever when I was a kid. And it was, you know, his brothers tackled us. They tied us with ropes. They I come home, I'm like, I tell my family what happened. And they're just like, yeah, right. No one would believe it. And it was years later that Donald said, I, I've put on a haunt with my family. Do you want to come over? I said, no, I'm never going there. This is like the Manson family haunted house. I'm not going. And the more I kept hearing about it, then my family went and said, no, you need to see what he's doing. I went and it was so beautiful because, and I got very emotional because I was like, wow, this family found a way to create a haunted house that was beautiful and innocent and inspiring. And the entire neighborhood came to life with this haunted house, and it was amazing. And the movie was going to be a little bit different, too, because I he has a neighbor across the street from him that has a haunted house and does a great job. And I said to him, wow, it's so cool that you have a haunt and he has a haunt. You must really get along. He goes, I don't know that guy, I've never talked to him before. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's the competition. I was like, at first, the movie was gonna be that house across the street from the other house. It was gonna be like this great. I start filming it, it's fantastic. And I'm filming Donald, and he's just like, that guy buys all of his own stuff. I make my stuff. I film them, and I said, what do you think of Donald? They go, we love him. We've never talked to him, but we just think he's so great. I'm like, oh my God. And then, the next day, Donald calls me and says, you know what, I talked to him the other day, you're right, they're really nice people. I was like, well, there goes that movie. <laughs> and I thought it was like, maybe culminate with that. Anyways, there's so many stories that don't make it into the movie. But I do have, if you buy it on iTunes, the iTunes extras or the DVD or the Blu-ray, it comes with 30 minutes of bonus features. None of it's McCainy Manor. There's enough of that in the movie. We, we covered it. The bonus features, we have more of Delusion, the interactive Haunted House play we have more of haunted overload the giant skull you get their story we have more with scare school at knots but we also get to have a lot more with Universal Studios LA haunted Hayride it's like seven there's even the the origin story of blackout how they really got started and you get to see when they teamed up with Jason Blum to do the purge live fear of the night This massive it wasn't even like a haunt. it was like a immersive theater show it was like Escape from New York meets The Purge it was so wild and they actually took stuff from that haunt and put it into The Purge part too because it was such so t- storytelling was so strong so you get to explore all of that in the bonus so the bonus features are for everyone to haunt out that's where all the hunters get to just have 30 minutes of just non-stop awesome haunt stuff
0: well now I know what I'm buying on iTunes because my husband and I really loved the movie last night. I was sorry when it ended which leads me to ask, did I hear that Haunters is going to be a series?
1: Yes, we've been working on this for a while now. I have been dying to do Haunters as a series. Originally, I was that's how I pitched it. I was pitching it as a series. and so People go, I don't get it. I'm like, what's not to get? There's an entire world. So I put together exactly how this series would work. And I put together like five seasons. Like, this is how it works. And even how each season has a beginning, a middle, an end. Like, I'm very excited about this and I can't really say much about it yet because well, I'm not allowed to, but we've been having a lot of great meetings. There's a lot of people that are getting involved. It's very cool. And while that's happening, I'm realizing it's going to take a while to get a show to go. While that's happening, I've been putting together a sequel, and we'll see what happens first. I don't even know what's going to happen first, but I've been putting together something that very different experience than from the first movie, tackling a different subject in haunting. And I already have some people on board that are just incredible. I mean, look, the first movie is so wild and so fascinating and so emotional. And there was already kind of nothing like that. So the only reason to do another movie is if you can do something very different, really intriguing, and that goes in a different direction. So I'm dying to be able to share any of this stuff, but we do have people that are involved that are so inspiring. And so cool. And there's one haunt in particular I guarantee most people have never heard of. And it's fascinating. And it was from the 80s. And they have all their footage on VHS and they gave it to me. Wow. Oh, my God. I went through hundreds of hours of these VHS tapes. And I was like, look at this. Look at that. It's all scratchy VHS. But I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I love it. I can't wait to do something with this. So... I've been. The idea is, if, we, if everything goes forward and we do that second movie, bigger, crazier, wilder. I guarantee you, we're building. Every time I do something, I want to build the experiences up so we have more impact and more wild stuff. While I was filming Haunters, though, I got hired to put on some haunts. Really? Yeah, and I did them with Donald, with Shar, with a bunch of people. We did did two haunts for YouTube and working with Donald. Like that was incredible, working with Char. There's a scene of that haunt in the movie. YouTube hires me to put on their Halloween haunt. We do a 3D clown haunt, a 3D scare house. And I'm like, Char, we need you scaring people. So I'm filming her scare people so I could use it in the movie. And we're doing this as a job, and the money from that is going back into the movie and to all these scare actors and everyone else. So what a fun experience. It was really interesting to go down the rabbit hole and and work with everyone like that. But yeah, no, we have a lot of really interesting projects that we've been putting together, and um, I'm dying to talk about it. I want to talk about it, but we can't yet.
0: Yeah, I'll be good and not ask you, but I would be dying to ask you as soon as you can. But what I will ask is, as a filmmaker who is making some haunts with all the new technology you have at your disposal today, the VR and the AI and the AR and XR, what did you do that other people listening right now might be able to learn from to create their own haunts? look
1: the thing about haunting is it's all about your use of space and your imagination if you have no space and no props and no costumes you can make a great haunt because it depends on what you do with it look what blackout did they didn't have their, I'll give you a taste of their origin story they didn't have enough money to have props costumes or lighting so they did it in complete darkness and used garbage bags as the walls and they said they're gonna have their actors naked grabbing you well what's more frightening it's not even a mask it's a naked person coming after you and when you look at a naked person what do you go that's real this is real this is and they were terrifying people i've gone to haunts before i went to this one guy's haunt that he did in the lobby of the building he worked in put up some garbage bags had a strobe light it was so simple and it was so scary. I mean, sometimes have you ever been to Zombie Joe's Underground Theater?
0: Yeah.
1: Brilliant use of space. When he does Urban Death, it's part maze and part performance art. And this the stage in the theater, it's so tiny. So he's he's kind of like a, amazing with how he uses his space. It's almost like you got to be a great storyteller and you got to enjoy puzzles because that's what it is. It's like, okay, this is the space, this is my resources. How do I put all this together to have an intriguing story and an experience? And that's why the haunts in LA I love so much because they don't have a lot of space. So they got to use every ounce of creative energy. They got to use all that creative energy and and their imagination to create something. Meanwhile, there's other home haunts like Rotten Apple 907 that they work on it every weekend of the year until they give you a 10 minute experience that is in my opinion as good or better than any theme park and it's their driveway it's genius and it's just their determination and they care and they use their backgrounds in construction their background that's in design and they put it together and give you something that's unforgettable it's really cool so it's about using those resources using your limitations to create Something that feels like it's limitless. And that's the whole fun of it. Look, I used my limitations to make my movie. I made this movie for under $100,000. Way under. I mean, it's crazy how low my budget is for Haunters. So what I had to do, call in every favor, work with people who are just as excited about it as, as I am. And I look at Haunters and I'm like, God, it looks like we had a huge budget. I mean, the music, the sound, the picture... I'm just so proud of it, and I'm just so excited by the reactions. I'm excited by the positive reactions. I'm, I've been really intrigued by the negative reactions, too. It's interesting to see people debate, fight, and argue about something that you created. It's really fascinating. It's uh, Nothing could really prepare me for that. I mean, I've argued about movies a lot, but... What an interesting thing, because people can tag me, and next thing you know, I'm being brought into someone's argument, discussion, or praise about my movie. I was doing something else. I'm like looking for somewhere to eat or something. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like whoa, this is a discussion about my movie that has 2,000 comments. What? And I'll jump in, and I'll go, hey, how's it going? It's such a, it's so fascinating, I have to say. And I worked with some of my mentors. I reached out to them through Twitter. Rodney Asher, the director of Room 237 and The Nightmare. Great documentaries. He gave me wonderful advice, and looked at my first cut of the movie, gave me wonderful advice. The indie game, The Movie, great movie about independent video game developers. It's more about a documentary about the creative process. And I'm like, that's what honors this too. So I showed it to them. They gave me incredible notes. And what an incredible experience it's been. I love it.
0: John, where can people find out more information about whether your second movie is coming out first, your series, or your other project? You got it. So I'd say,
1: especially for this haunt season, follow us on Facebook at Haunters the Movie. Follow us at Instagram at Haunters the Follow us on Twitter at Haunters underscore movie. You can go to the website, hauntersmovie.com. We're going to be putting up a lot of videos this haunt season. I'm going to share a lot of cool stuff. A lot of fans have been filming themselves talking about what they love about the movie, and I thought, oh my god, we should share some of these videos. They're really inspiring, they're really fun. Plus, I've been filming other haunt creators and what they're doing now. So we're gonna be plugging people's haunts and experiences, and I heard about a rock and roll horror show where there's a rock band, aerialists, clowns, boardwalk games all in one location, and we're gonna be showing videos from that and sharing that. We're gonna be getting some behind the scenes at some of the biggest haunts on the planet. And I'm just gonna share it online, cause I just, I love it, I know everyone else does. So follow us, and you'll follow me along for a fun adventure. Plus, we're gonna have updates. Updates with Char, updates with Donald, what McKamey's been up to. And it's super fun to find out what they've been up to since then, but also how the movie, has impacted their lives and changed things for them in different ways. We're going to explore that also. I mean, I'll give you one thing that's kind of interesting. Makimi Manor has a safe word now. They have a safe word now because law enforcement saw haunters. And they called and said, is this real? I'm like, yeah, they go, "Is it really real. Like, it's a documentary, yeah. They went to Russ and said, you have to have a safe word. And now he has a safe word. And look, that's awesome. I mean, look... As long as you can safely stop the experience that you're in, then let's do it. You know, I like that idea a lot. I mean, the fact that there was no safe word was... There's a reason I asked it so many times in the movie. Why not a safe word? Why not a safe word? And I'm just so happy that now there is a safe word. And it doesn't make things like that any less scary. It's still terrifying, you know. but. I feel like there's a big difference between empowering someone and traumatizing someone. And I'm glad to see, you know, there's a safe word because I believe personally that having a safe word allows people to be more empowered by these really scary experiences to see what they can take and then stop it and realize, wow, I didn't realize that that's very triggering for me. And then to go back to something like that and see, I wonder if I can make it a little further. And that's what's so interesting. I also filmed something that's not in the movie, a scientific scare study put on an extreme haunt, put on by a neuroscientist and a sociologist who studies fear. I'm the only person who filmed it. The results of the study haven't come out yet. They're about to come out. When they come out, I'm gonna share the footage. And that way people can explore this scare study and understand more about our relationship with haunting and how that affects us. It's really cool. And they I mean they scan people's brains too. You'll actually see how extreme haunts affect your brain. It's really cool. I mean some of the stuff they've already found out is fascinating.
0: Do you know yet when that study's coming out?
1: I don't know. I, I know it's soon. It's gonna be like a, it's gonna be all the medical journals. This is a real amazing study. But we'll be once that comes out I'll announce it. I have interviews with them. I can't wait to share. I'm sitting on so much other great footage. We have 30 minutes of footage that we shared in the movie for bonus features, but I had to cut together 75 minutes. It costs money. So I have all this other stuff, I'm gonna share it. I can't wait to share it. And it's a lot of exciting stuff around the corner. And I'm I'm just, I can't thank people enough who have bought Haunters, who've watched it on Netflix, who've shared it with a friend. This haunt season, watch Haunters on Netflix. I wanna see this thing go viral. We went trending. They put us on Netflix in January and we were trending on Netflix in February. What a bizarre thing that was during Valentine's Day to go trending on Netflix for Haunters. So we'll see if we can go viral this fall. I would love it, but it's been a great thing. I've even met with some of my favorite horror directors who have reached out to me that loved Haunters, like Darren Lynn Bousman, who directed Saw 2, 3, and 4 and St. Agatha and does the Tension Experience. He reached out to me right away and loved the movie. Lee Whannell, the guy who wrote Saw and wrote directed Upgrade and uh, some of the, my favorite entertainers and the guys who did the, the Houses October Built. They came over to my house to tell me how much they loved Haunters. And I was like really, they were just like, like we were really affected by your movie. It was so fun and scary and It's just so interesting to be able to meet people that work in a similar space, and also people who love haunting as much as I do, and to be able to have so many fun conversations and and to hear their stories, too. It's really cool.
0: really is. Finally, John, if people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you want them to take away from Haunters and your other works as a filmmaker?
1: I hope they just take the idea that use your limitations to your advantage and always come from a place of compassion and empathy if you're even if you want to scare the hell out of people let's scare the hell out of the people in the right way and we all know what that is a way that we we can scare them while we can empower them at the same time we can challenge people but at the same time give them that ability to have a way out to have a way to stop. The thing that Shar said in the movie, she likes the connection between the monster and the human. And there is a connection. And as the people who are creating horror, we have a connection to the audience. And I hope we feed our audience really interesting, thought-provoking, terrifying things that spark conversations and debate. And the best way to do that is to give people stuff that's exciting and relatable, And always throw in something that's challenging. Because if there's not one moment where you have to turn away, or one moment where you go, oh my God, then what is it? We have to have that moment where we have to think, can I look at this? You know, I love that kind of stuff. So use your limitations, challenge the audience, and come from a place of compassion and empathy.
0: John, thank you for your time today. Thank you. You and I have been listening to filmmaker John Schnitzer, co-owner of immersive entertainment company The Brain Factory and producer-director of the highly acclaimed documentary Haunters the Art of the Scare. This is the first Halloween season that Haunters the Art of the Scare is available on Netflix. Take a look at it. You will not be disappointed. This is a great one. And as John mentioned, you can also get updates on what he's doing. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming on their website, hauntersthemovie.com. That's once again, hauntersthemovie.com and on their social media links. here those come? There are a lot of them. On Facebook, it's Haunters the Movie. On Instagram, same thing, Haunters the Movie. On Twitter, it will be Haunters underscore movie. And on YouTube, if you look under Haunters the Movie or Haunters the Art of the Scare, it'll pop right up. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to additional Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's 2, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, 2mavericks.com. And you can contact us at 2mavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.